the song says, hand me down my walking cane, hand me down my hat. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for Men Seeking Tomahawks. I am your courageous host, Jack Drastic, and boy do I have a surprise for you. Back in this show's day, way back yonder, we used to run a three-man rotation, and somehow or another... The lawyers got with the other lawyers, and they talked our our the the third bit of the tripod. We we talked him back onto the air. So, ladies and gentlemen, first and foremost, welcome Dan Franks as per usual. But give a big hand to Mister Webb, our our third piece, the fifth Beetle. Hello, Webb. How are you, sir? Doing well. Doing well. Did you just call me penis, by the way? I ca- you know, it was a little uh, innuendo, if you will. I will. So, <laughs> Jack, uh, thanks for holding down the ship last week with the music episode, though. Well, you know, you uh, you pressed the button two weeks ago, and things got weird. Yep. And we we want to apologize to everyone for what you heard on the air. We will attempt to not have that happen again. Uh, but yes, then Dan <laughs> Dan abandoned us as as he will sometimes. He's got. Well, I pressed that button, and I just like. Think, like you said, things got weird, and it took me two weeks to kind of claw my way back just to the position I'm in now. I Whoa. still feel the after effects. Yeah. You know, sometimes after you've been ill, there's like that one symptom that just doesn't go away for a while. Yeah. That's kind we're, of what I'm feeling after I pressed that button two weeks ago. Yeah, we are certainly long haulers. So, so Webb, um, yeah. man, good to see you again. It's I feel yeah, like we have a... Too? Yeah, so uh, what it, what is what has Mr. Webb been up to all these years since... I mean, you haven't been on the show since the original show. I uh, know it's weird. <laughs> I mean, you really sound like weird. you kind of sound like some people we've had several on. friends of no, ours. Some of our friends, me. but yeah, no, okay, totally different coincidence. People. I got okay. that kind of voice. Yeah, like, oh. you know, people have that face. I've got that voice. True. So, uh, but yeah, I've just been uh, hanging out. That's well, it. <laughs> excellent. What else are you supposed to do these days? What like what is that is a loaded question always. Yeah, get ready so. for more hangouts. Yeah. We're just glad oh, to I'm see, ready. We're just glad to see you. And uh we kind of needed you. Uh we always need you, but we really need you for this episode uh for a number of reasons, which will become apparent forthcoming. But uh, but Dan, b- before we launch into what's on the show today, I needed to uh if you will, get a little bit political. I know we don't normally do this. Oh, no. But I'm going to go ahead and do it because uh, something happened to me just the other day that I feel like I I needed to address. And uh, here it goes. Uh, We might lose some listeners right here. Uh, But Dan Webb, Mm -hmm. I like pimento cheese. There. Okay. I said it. I said it. All right. So, so, Yeah. So I know pimento cheese from the dip, but what actually is pimento cheese? Because I, if you like it, then you need to explain what it is. I don't I know. I know what it is. What is it's it? Cottage cheese and I think like mustard. Ooh, okay. Something and then like, like that. Sounds pimentos, right. like, you know, like pit or like oh, the olives. or Red you know things. I, mean. yeah. I, put them on, I put them on sandwiches. I do that yeah. infrequently, but sometimes. I think it might have mayonnaise in it too, something like that. Yeah, but well, here's you, one. You thing. sounded so confident. I know what it is, and then what? you just trailed off after like the cheese <laughs> part. <laughs> it's mainly cottage cheese and mayonnaise. I'm I'm pretty sure it's like the whitest food ever. 
And, and there's no differentiation. Like every brand, it's the exact same stuff. Like it's yeah. always the same stuff. And yeah. I'm not, ta- I'm not downplaying it. What I'm saying though is I like it from time to time. And something happened the other day with pimento cheese that I needed to address in, in this forum. So you go to the, as I said, it's, it's all the same. So when you go to the, to your local grocer, as I did, there's usually one option. Like there's not, you don't sit there and shop pimento cheese. Like there's usually every store has got the one brand and it all tastes the same anyway. So it wouldn't matter if they were giving you a cornucopic selection by any means. Right. There's no organic pimento. No, cheese. no, 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 no. There's that. that let's leave that word out of this. So <laughs> I get the pimento cheese. I take it. I think nothing of it. I take it home and I'm, I'm sitting on the sofa playing some video games and I'm thinking, I think it's time that I indulge in a pimento cheese sandwich. So I go to the refrigerator and I pull out this little tub that I had acquired. And this tub had a, uh, a sticker affixed to the top. And it said, coming soon, new label, exclamation <laughs> point. Warning. And I just, I mean, yeah, I was like, brace yourself, guys. Guys, 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 <laughs> brand new day, brand new label. And it really got me thinking probably too much, but that's what I do is like, walk me through the possibilities of how that happened. Like, was there the, the two scenarios that I, that play out in my head are like, they had a focus group, right? They had a focus group of pimento cheese enthusiasts come in and the group consensus was love this cheese, hate this label. Honestly, like I, I just want to be forthcoming with you. Great cheese. You're doing great on the pimento cheese side. This label is a deal breaker. So that's that's like one scenario that I thought of. The other being that there was like some marketing whiz comes in and says, Guys, your pimento cheese, it's right here. Okay. For us to get it up here, we're going to have to slap a new label on this bad boy. Like... Well, and here's the other thing, because not only did they just change the label, but they had to warn anyone who was currently <laughs> buying that. I thought they it was like the new label, the label was coming as in like, OK, label. if they did think either of those scenarios that like the current label was holding it back, you as someone who already purchased it, you didn't need to be warned of a new label unless I guess they thought right. maybe you wouldn't recognize the pimento cheese anymore with the new label. Like, man, this is where I used to find the old pimento cheese and and this pimento cheese is here. It's the only one here, but the new label, I just don't know if it's the one I like. So you call it a warning. (laughs) I'm thinking of it more as like the uh, clip after the credits on a Marvel movie. Like they're like coming soon. Brace yourselves. You are, you're not going to believe two weeks from now you walk back into this grocer and guess what's going to happen to you. You, 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 Socks are coming right out of your Boom. butts. Socks, socks are out of butts. It's done. So now you're a you're a pimento cheese on a, on bread as as a sandwich kind of person. I'm more of a dipping crackers or or something like that into the the pimento cheese dip. I feel like I don't know you anymore. I've never yeah, heard of such weird. a thWhat? And, uh, yeah, you just yeah. seriously uh, you buy the they put it right underneath the pita chips, right next to all the hummus and stuff. Clearly, it's meant as a dip. It's not meant as a spread. I think it's to be next. honest with you, I don't know that I've ever bought pimento cheese. My yeah. grandmother always had pimento cheese. But it was always good like, when you ate it, right? It's but delicious. never on a cracker, Dan. Yeah. But never on a cracker. Never no on one, a cracker. No one has ever done that. What you just said has ruined You might this. as well put it in cereal. That's gross. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All 
right, and I stand corrected. Uh, I'm gonna try it, Dan. Let's let's do let's uh let's do some pimento cheese swapping. You we throw uh, it. <laughs> gross. <laughs> Why don't you, we just uh, each each take our own pimento cheese? No, okay, you don't need whatever. To share with one another. No, 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 no. Well, you okay? Well, I don't I like know. The I don't... idea of you guys making out with pimento cheese in your mouth. Who doesn't What's... love that idea? That's the worst graphic that's ever been described on this show. <laughs> and then and then the, then out of nowhere, the cheese log, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you will, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, guys. So there's my observations regarding the pimento cheese. Um, but what's on the show this evening? So August has been a busy month for the men seeking tomahawks, and it shows no signs of slowing down. On tonight's episode, we will be spending some time getting your head right for a huge, huge show event coming up in just a few days. Also, we're going to need to talk to our friend Webb about a big business closure in a town that is near and dear to all three of our respective hearts. But before all that, uh, we're going to need to have a look back at a national event that just concluded. I am, of course, speaking of the world's largest conference for podcasters and podcast enthusiasts. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, podcast movement. This year's podcast movement took place in Nashville, Tennessee, and featured huge names such as one Mark Cuban. Now, I just so happened to land an exclusive interview with the founder and president of podcast movement. Please welcome to men seeking tomahawks, I hope I don't mispronounce this, Mister Don Franks. Is that is that right, sir? Oh, oh, you're close. You're close. Uh, yes, thank you. That's oh, Dan Franks. It's Dan. Oh, I was uh, I was M Night Shyamalan. My God, <laughs> Danny, you've survived yet another huge national conference. I mean, international, but maybe I, not I'm so much so, this year, ooh. right? <laughs> hey. Sorry. Sorry. Wow, you dropped your monocle there. So, um, so okay, like we said before, uh, this is a brand new day, brand new series of Men Seeking Tomahawk, so I don't know how much everybody knows about this. But in, in your words, Dan, I know you don't really want to talk about this too hard, but give us a little bit. I mean, this is big, and we're all proud of you. So w- what is podcast movement in your words? Yeah, it's uh, anyone who's been to any kind of like Comic Con or convention for for work or or any kind of big where there's trade shows and educational sessions and things like that, convention expos, state conferences, fairs. state fairs, all of those things. Um, it's very similar to that, but it's geared towards people who create podcasts, want to create podcasts, as well as professionals in the podcast industry. So. It's been a large conference that we've been doing since 2014, and this was our, I guess, eighth year, if you count kind of the oddball, weird year that we all had last year. And yeah, like you said, just concluded. It's been every August since 2014, and the 2021 version just wrapped up. So chart for us the growth. So, I mean, we've had the first one here. This was a grassroots thing that you developed, you cultivated. We had it here locally in Dallas. Um, how many people approximately were at that first one? So the first year, 2014, was 550. And what did you draw out there to Nashville? 
Uh, well, so kind of preface it with um, the biggest year we've had so far was 2019, uh, where we had over 3,000. So that was quite a bit of growth from uh, over those years. Wow. Um, you know, this year it's kind of funky with uh, all the good stuff still going on in our world with uh, pandemics and international travel bans and all of that. And I was joking about being, you know, when I when I said it was an international event, kind of. Uh, but normally we have attendees from over 30 different countries. And, and this year with that not being possible, uh, that definitely impacted it. So this year we had over 3,000 people sign up, but probably a third of those people um, attended virtually because they couldn't make it for a variety of reasons. Um, but we still had over 2,000 people join us in person, which uh, was fun and scary all at the same time. Yeah, and, <laughs> and 2020 was completely virtual, correct? Yeah, the, the event itself, as as we knew it, was canceled. We did a virtual thing in its place, but um, kind of half canon. I considered it not in canon, but other people considered it in canon with the series. So um, mm. somewhere in between those two things. But this is the first time since 2019 we had some semblance of the uh, the normal version. Yeah, I mean, everything has an asterisk that happened last year, whatever sports championship or, or any other, you know, goings on that you can think of. So... Uh, all that being said, how do you feel like Nashville went? It went, uh, I mean, given everything that you just described. Yeah, I mean, it was good. It's uh, It was a learning experience for sure uh, because, you know, six months ago, and I, you know, I know we don't talk about like pandemic-related stuff on here because we get enough of that already, um, but it was a big part of the event this year. Six months ago when we were really putting the the planning in place, uh, that was right when vaccines were starting to roll out and we weren't even sure how that was going to look and if people were going to want to gather. And then a month ago, two months ago, everyone was getting vaccinated and everyone's feeling comfortable and the, the country was open again and things were looking super awesome and it was just going to be kind of like old times. Uh, we weren't going to have to worry about a lot of things. And then several weeks ago was when you know this next variant started kind of crashing things down and we were having attendees decide to attend virtually instead of in person and speakers not wanting to attend and wanting to do their sessions virtually and exhibitors and sponsors maybe wanting to do their activations virtually instead of in person. So um, it's really kind of been an up and down experience this year, unlike any we've ever had. And, you know, all to do with what we're all dealing with in the world. So this isn't unique to us, but it's, yeah. you know, affecting everyone a little differently. And, and the live events industry is certainly being affected and impacted, um, continuing to for the last 18 months. Um, so that definitely is kind of the theme of this year was really like, how are we going to adapt to it? And, you know, when we actually were, like I said, having 2000 people gather in a place, uh, there's a whole lot that goes into that in terms of safety considerations and planning and making sure that those who do come, um, at least have the option to participate safely. Uh, you know, kind of uh, the same thing. Every, you go into the grocery store and you see everyone making their own decisions. That's kind of how the event turned out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that it was that was the theme of the event was how can we do this amidst what we're all going through in the world. And so, yeah, that that kind of affected me mentally as well in the planning process. That was the it was crazy. Um, you know, normally you're already stressed as you get towards this big event. There's, you know, lots of people's money and time off work and traveling and all that that are dependent on what you're putting together and what you deliver to them on when they get there. And this year, more than ever, that that pressure and that stress was, um, you know, kind of felt like it was on my shoulders. And, you know, now that we're on the other other side of it, definitely a relief and definitely feel like all things considered went about as well as we could have hoped. So, awesome. um, you know, I kind of say all's well that ends well on, as far as that goes. 
Well, good on you, man. I'm really yeah. proud of you. I mean, that's awesome. And I'll share with you kind of the highlight of this year for me yeah. was um, one of the parties, kind of our, our our last party of the event. It's always kind of a big deal. And the DJ this year was Questlove, which was freaking awesome. Yeah. Nice. Um, that's that. amazing. That was cool. Yeah, it was yeah. real cool. Um, so that was kind of the highlight for me. And it's funny because several of the big speakers we had lined up and the big things we had lined up ended up dropping off within the last the few days right before the event. And the one thing I was like, okay, two people I don't want to cancel. Mark Cuban, please come <laughs> through for us, which he did. And it was yeah, awesome. awesome. Yeah. And Questlove, please don't cancel. And he didn't. And he did an awesome two-hour DJ set and, and everybody loved it. So, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. And then I saw he... Uh, I saw he and the Roots played Obama's birthday the next day. So, yeah, you know, Cuban. We'd have to ask him which one he liked more. Well, yeah. And I think Cuban <laughs> hopped on a plane to go to Slovenia to sign his superstar, if I'm not mistaken. He did. I overheard him when I, uh, when he got out of the car for a little meet and greet he did the night before at the event. Heard him saying, Oh, yeah, we're headed straight to, uh, straight to sign Luca. We're going over there to meet him to sign it. So, holy cow. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Got some dude. insight there. But yeah, cool. it was, uh, again, like I said, all's well that ends well. And, you know, as, as bad as I feel that like two weeks earlier and we wouldn't have had to deal with a whole lot of this stuff two weeks later and we might not have even been able to do the event. So that's a good point. Um, I'm, yeah. So I'm yeah. very, you know, thankful and grateful that it, it happened at all and appreciate you giving me a chance to kind of speak on it a bit. Yeah. Well, what's what's the website in case our good listeners want to participate next year? Would love everyone to check out podcastmovement.com. Even if you don't want to come to the event, we've got all kinds of information for people who are podcasters or looking to start one or just trying to keep up with what's happening in the industry. Um, good stuff, and most of it's free. So check it out. There you go. All right, guys. So that's uh, that's one bit of the busy goings on this August. And uh, coming up next, we are going to discuss biggest event in men seeking tomahawks history question mark exclamation point i don't know we'll let the listener decide uh but before we do that i i'm very excited about this guys our as we do we will have a musical interlude and uh i i love every one of our feature tracks uh like a little baby but this one really got to me because i've never had someone send me this much information about themselves. And I just wanted to read this a little bit before we, before we jump into it. So uh, from the artist, uh, he says, I live in Kilkenny, Ireland, and I am a horticulturist. I think being a gardener and a bass player is probably what I was born to do. And it's a privilege to do. My music genre is electronic music with heavy influences from dub, dark wave and punk. The song you're interested in junkies nightmare is a solo production. All of the sounds used in the tune are field recordings. You can hear a peacock, which I recorded at work. The synth sounding noises are recordings of my workmates making noises, and that's me on the bass. The drums are programmed. Vocals on the track is William S. Burroughs. This is an extract taken from his reading of his book, Junkie. So guys, without further ado, here is the track Junkie's Nightmare by the artist from Kilkenny, Ireland, Plumpoo, right here on Men Seeking Tomahawks. I was afraid to be alone and afraid of the dark and afraid to go to sleep because of dreams where a supernatural horror seemed 
always on the point of taking shape. I was afraid someday the dream would still be there when I woke up. I recall hearing a maid talk about opium and how smoking opium brings sweet dreams. And I said, I will smoke opium when I grow up. I was subject to hallucinations as a child. I was, I was subject, subject to hallucinations as a child. Electronic music from Kilkenny, Ireland. That was Junkie's Nightmare by our new friend Plum Poop. I am uh, damn fine video, damn fine video. Just excellent all around, right? Do yourself a favor. Go to menseekingtomahawks.com. Check out this episode, and the YouTube link will be right there. You need to watch it with the video. Indeed. Dan, do you see how just what that tag team move we just did? It's like we are former tag team champions or something. Just that was it's beautiful. like it. We didn't even it's plan like it. That. You can find that on YouTube as well. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so, okay, guys. So as we sold 
this little middle of the men seeking tomahawk sandwich is going to be us getting your head right for a big, big event coming up in just a few weeks. We've already announced this and we've had it plastered all over social. Thank you, Tony. But I felt like we really haven't gone into full detail, like put the whole picture together about what it is we're talking about here and what it is we're going to be doing and why everyone listening to this should be interested. And so we, on August 21st, that is a upcoming Saturday, I am dragging Dan's butt and Webb's butt way, way, way down south of town to a uh, beautiful little burb south of the Dallas region called Cleburne, Texas. And we are going to intake a baseball game, a professional baseball game. Professional? A professional indeed. Yeah, dude. No, don't do it. Hey, were you a professional wrestler? Or do I need to do the eh about that too? You're right. Come on. You're right. That's right. Okay. Eat your share. Ah. Boom. Done. So that and that's the rea- that's kind of the reaction I get ever ever since I've I've started to become a huge advocate uh, for this sports franchise and this this concept in general. Uh, we are going to go watch the Cleburne Railroaders of the American Association. So what the heck is Jack talking about here? We all know I'm the crazy one, and this sounds crazy, but it's really not. I think at some point recently, I had a, an epiphany that I don't know how it never struck me, but coming out of 2020 and everything we endured there and kind of starting to think about getting back into the world and going out to to experience live sporting events that's always been a staple uh, of of my life i started to kind of look around and see okay the the local big baseball team that was going on at the time they're not very good they've done some things that are kind of annoying and the only thing they lead the league in is attendance right now and and that shouldn't be something that you lead the league in right now. And I don't want to go off on a tangent, but it just didn't feel safe, right? So I started kind of thinking about alternatives and I found the Cleburne Railroaders. Now, they that this is an independent baseball team. Yes, it is professional. Yes, these are players that get paid to play baseball. They are not affiliated with Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball has its own feeder system, right? Single, double, and triple A teams. And they all work into the big club. The Cleburne Railroaders of the American Association are unaffiliated with a with a Major League team. So these are guys that are not a part of anyone's system. They're uh, former pros. They're college players. And they're all trying to get up, but but they are very much professionals, and I think that's I think that's something that needs to be stated for the record. You know, I mean, people will say, ah, it's just like you did, you know, but they get paid. Yeah, yeah. You know, they are these are guys that get paid to play baseball. No, they're it's, way better than me. They could beat me. Any day. <laughs> 
So, and, and I got to say, like, I just, the, the epiphany that I had was that independent baseball has reared its head into my life several times, and it has always been a blessing. Like, I love independent baseball, whether it was up when I, when I lived in New York, was very unhappy, but I got to go watch the Newark Bears play. Whether it was me and our friend Beatty going to the Fort Worth Cats and uh, participating in a hot dog eating contest that we both lost, but we both had several hot dogs that sustained us for the next several days. <laughs> or just watching that, um, that Netflix documentary, the, the Battered Bastards of Baseball. Excellent documentary, really sets the stage for what this thing is, what I'm talking about. It just feels, I guess, roguish, kind of rebellious to uh, mainstream sports. And I love it. I absolutely love it. And I got to tell you, I've gone to, I've gone to Railroaders games ever since the season started. And it's been such a great experience. I mean, it's good baseball. I, I feel like um, the bang for the buck is huge. Like, I'm like obviously major league baseball players are world class athletes, right? But you also yeah. pay, you also pay world class prices just to be an attendee. It's ten bucks to go get a, a, a seat at this game at the at the at this at this level. Now, Jack, it, are you on first name basis with anyone at the ballpark? Ticket taker, parking attendant, bartender, <laughs> uh, hot dog vendor? Like you got to be at this point. I, there's probably, I'm sure there's other people with season tickets that maybe go a little bit more than you, but you've right. got to be considered a regular at this point. I, I am. I'm definitely a mainstay down at third base bar. And I, there's a, there's a, a bar. You're like, oh, Michelob Ultra coming right up. Uh, no, well, I'm not, hey, I'm not a beggar or a chooser here. I'll, well, I came here to party. Um, but it's excellent because you can just, you can just be watching the game. There is a literal bar where you can just, kind of perch up and watch the game and then you turn around and the bar is right behind you four feet behind you it's i love it it's perfect and so cool. yeah it's awesome so it, it is an it's an excellent time the the team is hot it looks like they're gonna make the playoffs in and which is really cool um so what are we doing what are we doing so august 21st we are going to go and dan and i are gonna work and it is going to be awesome uh, my intent is to interview the heck out of everyone we can interview there, whether it's players. I mean, I want to talk to the players. I want to see what kind of goofy shenanigans we can get in with them. I'd love to pick the brains of the owners and the management. Um, even though this is not an affiliated team, they are a partner of major league baseball. And it's interesting because several of these independent organizations throughout the country are major league baseball partners and some of them are testing new rules. Like uh, for instance, one of the leagues uh, they've actually moved the, the pitcher back so that the batter has more time to identify the pitch. So these are rules that MLB is testing out to see if they want to employ them in their game. I haven't seen that with the railroaders, but I'm really curious to learn you know, the dynamics of that relationship. And I'd, I'd love to hear, I just, I just can't wait to pick their brains. Cause I, 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 I'm very bullish on independent baseball. If you haven't figured it out. Uh, and, and I think, I just feel like, you know, as everyone we're getting through 
this global pandemic, I just feel like there's fun things to go out and do uh, that maybe people haven't considered before. And I just feel like this is something that when people learn about it, they're like, oh, that's actually really cool. You know, I'd really like to go out and, you know, bring my family to something that won't break the bank, you know, and and go and have a good time. And what's even cool just to go with you and a buddy and go to to a game on a Friday night or a Saturday night or a Sunday afternoon or something. That's awesome, man. You bet. You bet. No. And so that's what we're doing. We're, this is an open invitation. You know, like I said, tickets are 10 bucks, you know, parking is three bucks. You're not going to break the bank to get in the door. Uh, go to I love Texas baseball.com, you know, to grab a ticket, but come, come hang out with us. Uh, you know, and I'd love to hear Dan's ideas on, on what he wants to do, but we're going to interview people and then we're going to set up to promote our podcast and maybe, you know, make some new men seeking Tomahawks fans. But my real goal is to get butts in seats. You know, I think that we need to make railroaders fans because I'm, I'm very passionate about this. I think this is something really awesome that if you can, if you can make your way down there or even, find your local independent team and, and support them. I think it's a worthy thing. I think it's something you'd really enjoy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just want to meet with Raymond, right? I mean, he's a yeah. top in the league in home runs, leading the league in RBI. I mean, it's uh he's a hero of mine at this point. Whenever I uh, check out the, Oh, and this is whenever, this is a good point as well to go with everything else you said. The, um, the social media game from some of these mm. teams are pretty spot on because, yeah, you know, you check out the Rangers and some of the MLB teams, you check out their social media accounts. They're pretty much run professionally, not to disparage anyone else's handling of social media, but you can tell it's like, OK, they're they're walking the corporate line. Generic. You ch- yeah, generic. Um, yeah. But you check out the social media handles of some of these independent baseball teams and you know they're they're fun to watch, and the Cleburne Railroaders is just one of those where um, you get memes, you get funny jokes, you get uh, self-deprecating humor, which is always fun when the team's getting throttled like they did last night by twenty uh. runs. Um, you know they're they're able to make light of it and keep the keep social media timeline fun. So, um, but yeah, so that's how I discovered Raymond, who's my hero in the Railroaders. Um, waiting for him to take that RBI title and the home run title this year from the uh, from the competition. Yeah, I Raymond might. I don't know if he if if uh, Ramon. I think I, I don't think he's gonna be here very much longer. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Oh, you Mac- think he might be moving on up? I think. So. Uh, I think the railroaders have already lost four guys to major league clubs this year, and I feel like he he might be the <laughs> next up. But uh, well deserving. That guy can uh, can swing it for sure. But you mentioned. Yeah, but I I'd love to. Yeah, but when you mentioned like who 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 we should talk to or who we can meet. Uh, and you mentioned management and general managers and all those people more on the executive level. Uh, but yeah, the, the players, like to me, that's, that's super fascinating because, you know, it's uh they're professional, but it's kind of the, the starting point. And some yeah. of the people there, like you said, they're, that is the starting point. They're trying to work their way up and other people, it might be the last stop on the last stop on the bus, right? And it might be uh, the last stop in their pro career. So yeah, I think it's fascinating to, to chat with them and learn, learn kind of what they're what they're doing what's up that's exactly right there it's professional but it's still accessible and i think that's one of the things that indie ball really tries to do is you know every kid that wants a foul ball is going to get one maybe two you're all going to meet the mascot and if you hang out you're going to meet the players and uh, you walk in to uh, the depot where the railroaders play 
before every game, there's a couple of players sitting there giving autographs to every kid, you know, and the kids, they might as well be looking at Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth. They're, they're just flabbergasted, you know, holy cow. It's a professional ball player right in front of me. It's wonderful. It, It really is just wonderful. It's magical. Um, you mentioned what is the, the uh, what is the mascot for the railroaders? Ah, oh, good question. There's two yeah. of them. There's two. Ah. Uh, there's one who his name is Spike, which is he is a railroad spike with a uh. orange mustache, and huh. G- Gandhi, which is a uh, very uh, exuberant old time conductor man. So mm-hmm. you know they're really playing up the railroad thing. And Does he ever no. get on the field yeah. and try to like try to like conduct things and direct people in certain directions? <laughs> like, I should. No, you run to third base, not first base. <laughs> hey, you know what? It sounds like that's a job for one uh, fill-in mascot, Dan Franks, on the twenty-first. Maybe we do that. I want to do. You know what? Mascot I want to slash third base coach. I I just I don't want to get kicked out of there, but I'm looking for chicanery, right? Like I want to find out, oh, no. like because you know they do those in between innings games, you know, like where you put the your head on a bat and you spin around five times and oh, you yeah. try to race. Like I want to see, like race. I want to ask the players, like, what's your favorite between innings game fan game to watch, and then see if any of them want to compete, you know, and sort of that thing. Like maybe we could put the sumo things on and see if any of them want to do the power hour during the (laughs) starting in the fourth inning i doubt you know who knows who knows just kind of line um, it up along the the rail at the dugout there yeah i think i'm I'm aged out of that one yeah i feel but these kids are young these baseball players are younger than us like yeah we just have to get one of us to just get one of us to kind of uh show them how it's done just in case anybody's curious have do you have? Do y'all talk about power hours a lot? No, no, never. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, you should tell people what a power hour is. With is it what an ounce of beer every minute? Like a shot of beer every minute for a full hour. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Doesn't seem like it's that much, but it's a. So you realize it's sixty shots of beer. <laughs> yeah, that's a high number. I think yeah. maybe Spiker Gandy maybe be th- those might be good contestants. I think those that. are false mouths they have there though, so that <laughs> yeah. could be uh, present an issue. Ooh, Problem- yeah. Problematic. Yeah. But you know, you mentioned you asked if I was on first name basis with anybody, and you talked about how on point their social media game is. I have made friends with their PR people in setting all this up, and the guy who runs their Twitter, really cool guy. Uh, his name's Denning, awesome dude. He's also one of the you know play by play guys. The other guy, can't remember his name. I haven't been introduced to him yet. Uh, but he's actually, Dan, this is a funny thing we need to note, is he's actually involved with uh, Luchador shows here uh, south, of, south of Dallas. So, oh. you know, mm-hmm. us being former pro wrestlers, I'm sure that there'll be some, some Y'all fun. Y'all donating some masks? Oh. No, too pretty for he masks, Webb. Do some, uh, do oh, some push-ups man. before you walk in. He might hire you for his next Lucha show. Yeah. Uh, dude. I've done lucha. I've done lucha in Mexico, and that just tires me out just thinking about. I that wasn't the lucha that tired you out in Mexico. <laughs> uh, it was. It was, uh, it was really, literally. I mean, she was dressed like a lucha, right? So <laughs> same thing. So anyway, yeah. so uh, all that to say, I am very excited about the possibility of introducing people to this brand new concept. I mean, it's a it's an ancient concept. This is been around longer than major league baseball but i think for a lot of people this is new i think it's awesome 
I'm super excited about it. I'm really glad that my buddies are coming down to see this. And um, and anyone who doesn't join us in person, uh, they will be able to hear all the shenanigans probably the next week on the show. I feel, I, I mean, knock on wood, my goal is to at least get two, if not three, shows worth of content. Just... Let's talk to the players because they, they're gonna. That's gonna be awesome for us, for them. I hope uh, the management, you know, the ticket takers, like you said, like let's just see what everyone has to say, and then we'll have our recap, obviously. And I'm excited, man. Obviously, I'm I'm having a hard time, you know, hiding it. It'll be, it'll be good. So that is uh, Saturday, August twenty first. Your new favorite baseball team, the Cleburne Railroaders, will be taking on the hated Sioux City Explorers. So Boo. make sure. Yeah, just, I mean, I Boo. you can't. I I I, I got to take a shower after just saying the name of the team. Just Ugh. yuck. So, guys, that is uh, that is coming up. I love TexasBaseball.com or MenSeekingTomahawks.com. Get in on this, please. Come join us. Don't make me beg. You're going to enjoy it, I promise. So, guys, coming up next, um, we're going to take Webb out of his producer's chair and we're going to put him in his wise old man chair. And uh, because he's it's going the same to. same chair. Oh, it's. Oh, well, it's got, you could just play podcast magic and be like, oh, it's just, let me move this chair over. Oh, let me move this chair over. Thank you. Thank you. That was a noisy oh. chair. <laughs> I see you're working on that Foley artist thing you've always wanted to do. So yeah, okay, yeah, so, finally. But, but yeah, Webb is uh, Webb is going to be front and center for this next episode. You all say you need more Webb in this show. Well, we, we are here to deliver that. Uh, Webb is going to be talking to us about a big closure of a business in little old Denton, little D, that uh, I think we all need to discuss. But before that, we're going to play an artist uh, from Australia now. We played a jazz track of his not too long ago. He's back. And Dan, I don't know. I know you like uh, electronic music. I don't know how familiar you are with like synth wave or retro wave, but I'm a fan. And this guy is a very, very talented musician all the way from Australia. This is our friend Jack Cole with uh, Dreaming of Home right here on Men Seeking Tomahawks.
Jack Cole with the track Dreaming of Home. Just a little bit of uh, synth wave or retro wave. I don't know exactly what you'd consider that, but that comes to us all the way from Australia. And uh, always down glad. Down. Uh, yeah, Dan, say your thing. Say your thing, Dan. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, I don't know either. That dingo. So. Anywho, Jack uh, Jack Cole has quite some versatility because that's completely different from the last song we played of his. Sure is, but uh, I'm he's a very talented musician. And s- speaking of, um, we're going to move into our last segment tonight. It's the the reason that I really really needed Webb to be on this program because we are mere days away from a a, a shift a. a a pretty big shift, I'd say, as something from uh, a town that the three of us have a long history with is going to be no more. And this story might seem like something that would only be of interest to people from this this region of this state, but I I feel like there's a way that we can tell this story where it might have a broader implication because, you know, everywhere, you know, towns are changing, right? Um, there are shifts caused by economics and all sorts of other factors. And I feel as if this is kind of a, a micro study Uh, of something that's probably bigger. And so the town specifically that we're referring to in this piece here is Denton, Texas. It is a small burb, roughly 30 minutes north of Dallas. And it is home to the University of North Texas. And that is why I came back in 2001 all the way from Houston. And uh, Dan, around that time is about when you showed up in that burg as well, correct? Uh, you'll be surprised to know that I showed up at the University of North Texas closer to 06. I'm so old. But God, I'm so I'll old. tell you, I did grow up very close to there, and I, I frequented the football games around that same time. So I did spend time in and around Denton for several years prior to making it my home. And and just like us, Webb, you, you've kind of meandered your way about the region uh when Mm -hmm. did when did you initially show up in denton uh well i moved moved here in 2005 but before that like i had actually been coming here since high school Mm -hmm. i was like 15 or so and hanging out then yeah and and so yeah and so and and so just to kind of set the stage this is a small ish college town Especially in the the time frame that uh, the three of us had had kind of been there, and it would be accurate, I would say, to uh, to maybe compare it to uh, Austin, maybe several decades ago. You know, yeah, um, definitely. Think about your 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 smallish college town, uh, maybe a blue dot in a big red field where there was lots of creative things going on, uh, 
kind of dirty, kind of different, but very interesting. And, you know, Dan and I had a weird uh, position in, in that situation because we were professional wrestlers on a local TV show there. Uh, and Webb, Webb was more of a fixture in the music scene. And, and, and all that to say that we, there was a lot of intermingling between those two worlds. And, and so a lot of places where we hung out, uh, there were, there were venues that I would say were, were very, uh, exceptional in terms of places that you could go see quality music. A lot of them. And I feel like, you know, since then the town has probably changed considerably, you know, just, Again, just as these things happen, just like what happened to Austin, you know, people start moving in, uh, money changes things. So it's it's probably not the same scene that it was whenever the three of us were originally coming into town. Uh, but nonetheless, a lot of venues of note. And one of them was a, a little place on the Denton Square called J&J's. Now, J&J's is actually a pizza place. However, there you could go and see music in the basement. So, kind of unique, but that was the town itself. was a, a unique situation where more often than not, whether it be a full-fledged restaurant or a dank weird building right off the railroad tracks, you could find really good music of, of many genres. And this piece, this, this conversation here is in regards to that little pizza place on the square because, and, and, and I want to default here to web. That was a place where you could get a decent slice of pizza, but more often than not, you were going to see some interesting music. Uh, I did booking there for a little while, and you didn't have to have anything. You you know you didn't have to give us a demo or anything like that. Like, just come in and talk to us if you want to set up a show. We'll let you know like what you need to do, like that kind of thing. So it was basically just like an open space, and out of that we got just everything from you know metal and punk and rap and jazz and bluegrass and like it was a very very much like a cbgb's kind of feel uh like i think whenever they first started like was the same thing i feel that like was was and is still i mean today's the last show but uh that little basement down there is seeing a bunch of really cool music. I mean, Denton's a music town. It's awesome. Any like notable performers that have, have been there that maybe the masses would recognize? I mean, snarky puppies played there before. Uh, they're pretty big. I mean, they're, they're local here though. I mean, but even still, you know, uh, we had this, uh, one punk band called capitalist casualties, which was a pretty big get for us. Like we weren't really like booking a lot of international or national acts or anything like that. 
but they were a national act and they came through and it was one of the bigger shows I've ever had there. Were you saying that the, the booking was kind of an open door policy? Was that, was that much different than like, how did that compare to other venues in the town? The difference would be mainly we would have at least had to have heard of you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's pretty, I mean, that's kind of it, but, like, at the same time, like, we're also, like, trying to court other people to come and play our place. So right. it's it's a different beast, like. Yeah, so whereas, you want to keep a standard of some some some. Style. Yeah, yeah, and with as much, as many bands as there are in this little town, like, it's it's a revolving door of people all the time that, you know, are all in all different types of bands, and, like, they want this person is in seven bands and you know, this person's in like four and like some of them are in the same bands, you know, and they just change their name. It's a different genre or whatever, you know? Now I think it's important to kind of describe the space and describe the history of that building. Cause I mean, the Denton square is, has been around since the early 1900s, maybe the 1800s. Um, I'm not sure. I think it's 1890s maybe i think so but but yeah. that building has been there a long time it used uh used to house a jewelry store if if i'm not mistaken upstairs or some a jewelry some- store i believe it was for a little while but i think it started out as a general store okay and and so we're not talking about a huge i mean it was a teeny tiny little space it's like a shotgun kind of yeah room. like it's not very wide but it's long in that basement, uh, where where the musicians play, very small, very uh, cozy, cozy, yeah, very cozy, <laughs> intimate, uh, very setting. intimate, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but over, I mean, we're talking years and years and years of musicians coming through there, and and again being a mainstay to this town, to that to that music scene, twenty five plus years, and even before J and J's had gotten there, it was Mister Gaddy's. And Mr. Gaddy's had bands there also, but like they wouldn't do it as as often or promote it in any kind of way or anything like as as much as J and J's did. Dan, did um, did you have much experience going to J and J's? I know I ended up there at the end of the night a lot. That seemed to be something that happened to me quite frequently. Yeah, my um, my experience there was mainly for the pizza and not the music. Uh, they were one of the few places that had like Chicago deep dish style pizza. Yeah. And it wasn't exactly like Chicago uh, style pizza, but in terms of like what you could get in Denton, that was kind of the closest thing to it. So yeah, not so much the music, although I did wander down there from time to time more out of curiosity, like, Hey, what's down those stairs. But yeah, I mean, going there for the pizza. And if you look at Yelp, they kind of will tell you the same story that there's uh, some decent pizza there. If you catch them on a good day. Or there was, I should say. You know, consistency was was not necessarily the key. You know, yeah. but, um, one of the owners was old school Chicago guy. Uh, he had all of, all of the recipes and stuff they used were all his his old original stuff, and wow. some of that stuff I think was even family stuff. So it was it's it runs pretty deep for a while because he was a he was a pretty big chef in Chicago. 
in the do we know what the future holds for this venue because i know that they're they're leaving because rent prices are increasing because like jack said the more money's flowing to town and rents are going up uh and i'm afraid to to ask because i see in your face that you know the answer to this yeah i do uh it's a web is hurting right now (laughs) as he's speaking i just feel like i should lend some audible commentary to the visuals (laughs) that i'm getting it's an italian restaurant upstairs and a punk venue downstairs and it's called mix fits <laughs> and it's a bunch of people from new york that don't know what the hell they're doing i don't think i don't i don't really know this part this is purely just me speculating and being the curmudgeon that i am from what i heard the owner's favorite band is 311 and i i just just if you're going to open hey. a punk venue and you say your favorite band is 311, that's just, it's not going to work out for you here. Sorry. Hey, fifth grade me would be all about <laughs> it. Like, you know, down. Yeah. What a hit of the year right yeah. there. Well, um, okay. So can I play devil's advocate and say at least they're keeping live music in the space? Yeah. Okay. So another problem that we have on the square at the moment is a, this is also me being a curmudgeon again, and I'm I'm just saying this isn't the way things are. This is just my personal opinion. LSA uh, Burger Place is right across the on the other side of the square from J and J's, and they have a upstairs patio that's also a venue, and they have like the worst choice in music bands. Like it's. It's just not good. Like so, the burger place—they're—they're they're more of the red dirt country, right? Yeah, they're, yeah. They're going after yeah, and they people complain about those people, like those guys, a lot, a lot, and like they kind of did some sketchy things around the COVID thing, and sure, you know, like they're just—they're not—they're all—it's all out of town people, and it, not yeah. that I'm saying that that's a bad thing necessarily like you can cut like none of us are from denton but we've all lived in denton and we all understand what denton is but these people are just coming in like looking at us like oh well this venue you know they're idiots for leaving after 25 years you know well no it's they got priced out you know yeah, this is this is a socioeconomic conversation really at the end of the day yeah i mean because they are moving they are moving to gainesville yeah, which is like at least thirty minutes north, so yeah. it's not really like you're moving out. You're, you're gonna start a whole new, you know, customer base up there. You're not gonna yeah. travel. Yeah, and I don't know that they're even doing music there. They, I think they may try, but it may be less, more toned down than what. So I mean, is this like the? This isn't the last of the. I don't know, quote unquote, original music venues on the square. There's still a few left, right? Yeah, Andy's is still there. Uh, let's see, and you have. Dan's around the corner. Dan's is around the corner, and then Golden Boy Coffee opened up a club called the Gold Club that's right next door to Golden Boy. What uh, about Rock and Roll Sushi? I saw that last time I passed through town. Yeah, that's that's a that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a place you can go there. I'm sure. Uh, so that is indeed a noun. Like what you just, <laughs> yes, what yes. You just said, but yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of good times were had at that place. 
So this yeah. is a sad day. Is this a sad day for you, Webb? A little bit, yeah. Like I actually, I tried to go by and get some pizza earlier, and they were closed still. <laughs> hmm. That's what I get for getting up early. That's that's what you get. Yeah. I mean, and and you know, we don't want to name any names or throw anybody under proverbial buses, but you were there for some very interesting times and mm-hmm. and I think that's where the the pain comes in is that you see kind of the the hoity-toitiness kind of get installed and you remember the nitty-gritty kind of you know interesting times because I know Dan and I both were a big part of things like that yeah. in that town and I don't know do you do you want to try to do the uh tightrope act of giving us some of your <laughs> recollections without, you know, indicting anyone implicating here. Implicating anybody. Uh, yeah, no, no implications. Impl- all implications aside. Consider it a eulogy. <laughs> I, here, here's a story that I don't know that I, I've ever told either one of you. Uh, maybe I have. So for a while, there was another guy that worked uh, with us that every year on the owner's birthday, he would give him a weird car. He's his uncle had like a junkyard and like they all worked on cars all the time. So like every year he would just pick the weirdest car out of the junkyard and just give it to him. Right. <laughs> so he had like 20 cars in his yard. I'm not even joking. Like he had all these cars, but he had a, an ambulance. He had a SWAT bus. He had a, a police bus, like a, like a, a paddy wagon. Uh, hmm. and then he had a fire truck, an old, old fire truck, like, uh, with, the still like the original, like air horn on it and everything like hmm. totally like, there's not a cab on it. Like you're just sitting in the wind. There's just like a little windshield there. And like, you know, you're driving this huge thing like around town and he would take it out and like drive it around and he would come and pick us up and, uh, so we would we would get in and we we did deliveries for for bars like we would set up like uh, uh, we would sell slices at bars you know like Haley's or Weber Gloves or anything like that. Kind of like a food truck. Yeah, kind of before a food pre, trucks. Yeah, a pre food truck. Like yes. one of those uh, little spinny things that are, are glass and that keep your food warm or whatever. You know what I mean? The pizza they have yeah. the pizza slices on them. You know. Never mind. It's like a it's like a lady a lazy Susan. Yes, kind of kind of like kind of like that, but there's like multiple of them, you know. So you can uh, they would sell pizzas. So we would deliver these pizzas, right, to the bars. And, you know, you go to a bar and you're delivering pizza, you might have a couple while you're there, you know, whatever. So <laughs> just do some horse trading. That's that's what we're talking about here is. Yeah, yeah. So like we were we would drive around the square and and in this uh, fire truck and deliver these pizzas. And we actually got pulled over like one night in the fire. <laughs> and um, the cop pulled us over and he was like, you can't have the lights on and you can't have the, the siren going through the middle of town. You can't do that. And he was like, he's like, but I gotta say, this is a really cool truck. He's like, I'm surprised that this thing still runs. It was awesome. He's like, oh, man, the, you know, we moved the ladder like up and down for him and everything, moved it out, all that kind of stuff. And like he let us go. We got out of a ticket for, <laughs> for driving around in a fire truck on the square. 
That was God, awesome. Beautiful. That is beautiful. It goes back to the point that this is a this is a monumental change. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a this is a tide shift sort of thing. This is a place that a lot of people have a lot of experiences um, around this 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 entity, and and it's a bummer. You know, it's it's part of you know change always being a part of life, and I remember that when I was uh, in school that I always found it funny how often th- there, there's a pawn shop right next to J&J's. And I, it was funny because there were so many message, like Denton music scene message boards and Facebook MySpace pages at that time. <laughs> and it was funny how many weekends I would see some musician had lost some gear because some other musician, cause we're all, we were all broke as hell. And it was funny how often a musician would just some shady character, some shady fellow would snag a piece of equipment and walk it right next door to the pawn shop and cash it in real quick. You know, that happened, what, right? Like that literally happened, happened to like a friend of mine that was playing at J and J's and like, while I was oh, it, working there, yeah, it dude, and it, it happened turned frequently. Ugly, like ugly yes. quick. And it was like yes. over this it was the smallest little amp ever. Like I guarantee that guy didn't get $30 for that thing. Yeah. It, but that happened often cuz I would yeah, see it. Yeah. Ever so often and it was so They officially was, ended this guy's career. Like he couldn't no, play just, music anymore. Like he was on a big tour yeah. and stuff, but he I mean, he was kind of a dirt bag for stealing other people's stuff and selling it. I don't know. But anywho, anywho. all that to say, <laughs> this is, uh, I, I think it was, you know, given the history of the three of us and the, the, the part that J and J's played on the Denton music scene. I think it was, uh, worth us just having a little bit of a chit chat. Indeed. A little, a little bit of a send off. Rest in peace. Yes. J and J's. Stay hard, J and J's. And in conclusion, Dan Dan had something prepared. He wanted to he's he's practic he's rehearsing it right now. He just wanted to say something to everyone about J and J's and just music. He just wanted to say take it away, Dan. Go ahead. You know, the soundtrack of our lives truly is music. And when I think of music and I think of soundtracks and lives. I've always thought of J and J's basement, and now it's going to take me some time to th- find a new thing to think of when I think of music and soundtracks of our lives. So, with that, I'd like to pour one out as a unit for J and J's. Hmm. Please proceed. Oh no! I, I poured some ah, on the gear. Crap. Sorry, my microphone. Oh, quick! I can fix it. Out. Let me press this button. No, don't do a button press again. So. <laughs> Okay, guys, we have uh, we've done it. High fives all around. Webb, thank you for once again joining the the three man rotation that we so deserve. My pleasure. I think that's a that's a good. Can't thing, wait right? to show him off in Cleburne. Oh, 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 I tell you what. I was all right, guys. Tight and skimpy. God willing, wear that fireman free- outfit they used to drive around. <laughs> yeah. Bring, yeah, you bet. All right, guys. That's all the men seeking tomahawks you're going to get from us tonight. 
Come hang with the Men Seeking Tomahawks in sunny Cleburne, Texas, Saturday, August 21st, as we watch your Cleburne Railroaders take on the hated Sioux City Explorers. For tickets, go to ilovetexasbaseball.com. Be sure to subscribe to Men Seeking Tomahawks on your preferred podcast app. Come say hi to us over on the social. And to hear more from the musicians featured on today's program, go to menseekingtomahawks.com. For Dan and Webb, I'm Jack. For Jack and Webb, I'm Dan. For Dan and Jack, I'm Webb. Hooray! He did it! <laughs>